I don't know about you guys, but when I think about my family, two words come to mind. Comedy and drama. (laughs) And sometimes (laughs) they happen, you know, at the same time. Yeah. And (laughs) the things your children do if you have them, it's like, oh, boy, I couldn't have scripted that. But if I was scripting it, that would be pretty good. Like the time my daughter put her pacifier, well, never mind. I yeah. won't even I won't even go there. That's not. Well, it turns out when Hollywood thinks about family, they kind of focus on the same two things. You know, we've got comedies which take the things that we experience in parenthood and family uh, and blow them out into big jokes and, and usually lots of toilet humor work. That's where I almost went a minute ago, but I didn't. Uh, And then drama, because really hard things happen in our families. And sometimes behind closed doors, there's stuff going on that none of us would ever even suspect Mm. because those are the closest of relationships. So it turns out family, whether it's child rearing or parenting, is a really rich mine of information and story possibility. And, And Hollywood almost from the very beginning has seized on that narrative thread to create a lot of classic shows and movies. And today we are going to talk about that. Well, hey everyone, I'm Adam Holtz and this is The Plugged In Show. Each week we get together to talk about what's happening in the world of entertainment and technology and your family. And today we're going to, to focus on how these stories influence us Hmm. Uh, because I think it's safe to say that the movies that and TV shows that we see that are about family, they both reflect our culture and they reinforce certain values. So they're, they can be a bellwether for where we're at culturally Mm -hmm. uh, and they may be pushing us in different directions and they influence how we think about these things. Well, joining me today are Bob Hoos, Kristen Smith, and Jonathan McKee. Well, what is your favorite movie or TV show about either parenting or family or both? Because a lot of times it's both kind of overlapping. Mm. Oh, man. I'm going to do the comedy and drama. I have one for each. I really love. Oh, you're loved... picking two. Yeah, yeah. I really love oh. <laughs> Instant She's Family. She's in the bonuses today. <laughs> I loved Instant Family. It was a great movie, super funny, but also really real about foster care. Um, my parents have fostered a few kids. Uh, growing up. And then for the drama side, actually really Tully is um, rated R. So it's not, it has lots of issues, but it deals with parenting and postpartum and postpartum depression better than any movie I've ever seen. Yeah. A really gritty movie. And I think it's an example um, of an R rated film that I think for an adult or for a mature audience, yeah. there's quite a bit of profanity in it. But yeah. it's, it's one, you know, not all R-rated movies are created equal. Yeah. And it is one that I think was really provocative in the best sense of that phrase. So Agreed. anyway, I'm now on a tangent on which R-rated movies are okay to watch <laughs> and which ones aren't. Please provide a list. Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? <laughs> well, I'll go next. Um, I, I think um, when, when you asked this question, the first thing that came to mind was Everybody Loves Raymond. Which yeah. is a Love which is a, a '90s TV series so that, uh, about uh, family. So good. But the thing, not only was it very, very funny, but the thing I really appreciated about the show was that, yes, it had the typical parents with their kids and interacting with their kids and kids' yeah. problems, but you also had uh, older parents 
interacting with their adult children. Yes. And I thought that that was a very nice element to explore, and it just it just gave them so many different things that they could they could deal with, and it was funny. Very yeah, funny. because the issues change, but yeah. you're still parents and children, right? Right. Like. Right. Mom is always mom, even yeah. though we've both been adults for quite a while now. But you still, ha- <laughs> yeah. but you have to transition into that yeah. next phase. Yeah. You know, so. Everybody loves Raymond is the number one reason I don't live next door to my parents. <laughs> <laughs> love them, but don't live well, next door. Uh, okay, go. we're going to talk about this, but here's what I love about that. You just made an observation about real life and Based connected it to the show. entertainment. Oh, right? yeah. And, exactly. And so sometimes we will see things in these stories that actually impacts the decisions we're making IRL, as the kids say, right? Yeah, yeah. Jonathan, what about yeah. you? No, absolutely. Kristen's like, uh, no, I'm never going to do that. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> Thank you, everybody loves Raymond. Yeah, no, that, that show always made my wife and I laugh because uh, Raymond's mother is my wife's mother. Exactly. That's, that's <laughs> <So> weird. <laughs> we, we were like, yes, no, she is never going to live next door to us. So I'm publicly saying that. But um, it, is, it is one of those. Uh, yeah, no, that, that show is hilarious. I love his relationship with his brother. Yeah. It, that show is good about marriage. Yeah. So, Bob, man, winner. What a, what a great show. Well, good. Um, I'm going to have to go back to 1989 <laughs> Parenthood. It's a PG-13 movie, great movie for parents to just watch and identify with. And even though it's 1989, you'll still identify with so many scenes like when the kid loses his retainer and so you're digging through the dumpster in the back of a restaurant looking for the retainer um, or or the scene where your kid is not doing good at baseball and the other parents are screaming. And we, our family, we <laughs> quote this movie all the time. When something happens, we're like, no business. I mean, we just <laughs> constantly quoting this movie and uh and yes john wick fans this is the best keanu reeves film you'll ever see parenthood (laughs) with keanu reeves as todd the male role model in a house that that desperately needs one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, so many issues touched on in <laughs> this movie. You should have been writing marketing copy, Jonathan. Then, then uh, there you go. In a world. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. But no, it just, it really does. I mean, it touches on issues for, for a single mom, uh, raising a kid without that father figure to the marriage is kind of going through, you know, where, where there's actually a split in the middle. I mean, there, it's just, it touches on the issues and mm-hmm. um, I, I loved it. It was a great, great thought provoking film with just a lot of heart, and, of course, a ton of humor. I mean, Steve Martin, Rick Moranis, it was great. Well, weirdly enough, I am also picking Parenthood, but... The new series. The TV show. Yeah, mm. I loved Parenthood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not the movie. Now, this one starred Craig T. Nelson. And yeah. honestly, Parenthood, the TV series, is sort of like a proto This Is Us. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, Absolutely. You have this, oh, for sure. You have this yeah. extended clan, and you have more drama than comedy this is definitely on the drama side of things but man i remember like just weeping my way through the last season or you have no soul right (laughs) right which people have wondered at times but i (laughs) i I have the tears to prove that i actually in fact do have a soul well you know what's funny what 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 you said about you know Kristen earlier how Kristen made a real life observation you know from everybody loves raymond I have had friends that saw the family dinner in that TV show, Parenthood, where the whole extended family gets together for those meals. Yeah. Um, and, and, and Blue Bloods does the same thing. The family yeah. dinner gets together. And they said, we want to start doing that. 
based on a TV show. Yeah. And yeah. it was a good thing that they saw on the show and they observed it and connected it to real life. Huh. Yeah. Well, I think that's a, a, a great segue to our next conversation point. How do you think Hollywood depicts marriage in general? And I think that there are probably a couple of different ways we can go here. But hmm. what are some of the the ways that we see this important relationship depicted on screen? Well, you know, I think what we ought to do, uh, not not sidestepping that question at all, but to restate what you had said before. Why are we talking about this stuff? Yeah. Because I think that's really important. A good a good place to for us to start and say. Here's why this is important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we, we, we think of these entertainment things and we say, oh, that was funny or that was great or I, I weeped. You know, but the, the, the fact is that these shows, they teach us as well mm. as entertain us. And I think that that's worth reinforcing. Yeah. Agreed. They teach us what a family looks like. Yeah. They teach us what a married couple looks like. They might and teach us what a dysfunctional family exactly. looks like. Exactly. And how they interact. They teach us how kids and parents should work together and how a family resolves problems. All of those things are in the in these shows that not only entertain us but teach us. And I think that's important for for all of us to recognize that entertainment impacts our lives. And and so that's why that's why we have these we revere some shows like like we might look at uh, some of the shows from the 60s, like Leave it to Beaver or the 80s, like uh, the Cosby show and, and and revere those shows because they have these values that represent us. And, and that's the very same reason that some people despise those shows, right? Because they don't represent necessarily their values. Well, and those those shows are almost archetypes for the era. Yeah. Right. I mean, when we think about what, you know, life was like at this period of time, and I'm not going to, I'm going to take an even weirder tangent right now. You know, we talked about WandaVision a while back yeah. and the first four or five episodes of WandaVision are all modeled on sitcoms from the sixties and seventies. And they're all family oriented sitcoms. And it was so interesting to see, you know, a show made in 2021 yeah intentionally trying to capture that vibe of what relationship was like and how it did sort of capture that, yeah. that oh, warm oh, fuzzy yeah, aspect it did. and and you see that there was in those moments there was an idealization of family of this is what family looks like at the very best yeah. um and i think that there was a tipping point culturally where we almost said okay, now we want the real thing because we know it's not father knows best and leave it to beaver. We know there's brokenness. Sure. And, and so I think in some ways the pendulum has swung the other direction. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I think, you know, previously, like years before you see, you see the nuclear family. And then as time has gone on, especially with um, issues like when it deals with marriage, I, I've seen a lot of movies that do both. I've seen like movies that talk about the value of marriage and holding on to it and how much work it is. But I've also seen movies that treat it like, like eat, pray, love. Like if I feel like it, I'm just going to kind of do what I want and like go and like, you know, bye, see you later. Like I'm not really going to work on this. And so there's like a flippant like disregard for it in some movies. But what I really liked, and I remember talking when I mentioned Tully, what I really liked about that movie was it, it really did talk about how hard it is to have three kids and be married. 
like how hard it is to raise a family and and fight for this thing and how it requires both people to work for it, both people yeah. to fight for it and to invest in it. So I think and the husband movie, is, I don't remember much about the husband, but he works a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it just, it showed a lot of like, like she's wrestling with postpartum depression, doesn't really share it with anybody. Husband comes home, does his, like does his thing. Does the husband thing. Does the husband thing. Which is to say he's clueless. Yeah, yeah, really. I and, mean, And he's I want to actually come back to that because I'm not yeah. trying to make light of that, but there is a stereotypical depiction of the husband in yeah, that movie. Yeah, there is. Um, but it was, it's just very interesting. So I think each one is different. But I, I would say as as time has gone on, I think marriage has become less valued. Jonathan? Well, it's kind of interesting, too, because I can't help but think, you know, our society is, is pulling away from, you know, right at this moment, we tend to be pulling away from biblical truth and kind of trying to find, you know, let's find happiness on our own. We don't need these silly rules or morality guiding us. You got to go with what feels right in your gut. That's kind of where society Mm -hmm. is going. And it's sad because uh, anything, you know, where 50 years ago, there was at least maybe a sense that, that, uh, that, you know, church or God or something was okay. And now it's kind of mocked. It is interesting, though, how some shows, and I'm, I'm actually going to kind of go back to, again, the late 80s, when The Simpsons first came out, um, you know, with this interesting commentary on the American family. <laughs> yeah. You know, you've got The Simpsons, where, again, the, the husband you just described, the husband who does the husband thing and just goes and sits and drinks his duff beer and whatever. But <laughs> isn't it interesting... Yeah, right? <laughs> Isn't it interesting when you look at the character of the Christian neighbor, Flanders, and it's funny how Simpsons has revisited Flanders over the years because he's this Christian dad who loves his kids. And there's entire episodes where Homer is like jealous of Flanders' relationship with his son and stuff because Flanders is like this good Christian dad who is amazing, you know, who's kind of this amazing parent. And at times they make him like corny or whatever, but it is it, it is kind of funny how typically Christianity is mocked, but yet um, we all know some amazing examples of great dads and great moms who are out there um, just you know living these godly lives, and and it it honestly it spills over to everyone around them, and uh, it's kind of sad that Hollywood hasn't really depicted that much. We love to make fun of it. But we don't necessarily, you know, see that. So, so sadly, our role models are kind of more the the big, you know, buff man who gets the girl and who uses violence and whatever. And, yeah. and we we don't usually, you know, show that that godly dad who's who's relying on Christ for his strength every day. So when you don't have that in your, in your entertainment, and if you aren't getting that biblical influence yourself by reading the word and spending time as a family, yeah. um, then it's no surprise that our society is heading towards that. Well, let's figure out what feels right at the moment, because that has become our God. Well, and here's where I thought you were going to go with The Simpsons. I read an article <laughs> recently that said when The Simpsons first came out, conservatives hated it because it seemed to be mocking the family. It seemed to be something that was taking all kinds of sort of, you know, shots at the traditional family presented in sitcoms. This article was so interesting. They said, you know, when it came out 87, 88, I mean, it's been around late eighties. It's been around now. I think it's got even more episodes than Gunsmoke. I think it's the longest running show either in number of years or episodes i forget which um this article said it started out as something that conservatives hated but it has pretty much stayed the same yeah like it's the same show 
And yeah, they deal with cultural stuff. Obviously, it's evolved somewhat. But but the Simpson family is the same as it was in the late 80s. And now they said the Simpsons is not only something that conservatives and families hate, it has become aspirational. That the family has changed you mean so th- much. That they like. Yeah, people actually like mm, the yeah. Simpsons. And it is seen as something that, oh man, I want to, I wish we had more of that. Yeah. And isn't that interesting that culture it, has changed so much that it's gone from being something that we're critical of to it's like, oh, I, I just wish we could be like the Simpsons. Jonathan? Well, it's, I mean, it, it, first of all, you know, you've got James L. Brooks behind it, who, you know, you think it's Spanglish, you know, all the, I mean, th- this guy's amazing. Um, and I find it funny. I know exactly when it came out. It was 1989. And the reason I know that is because I was in my sophomore year of college. And, uh, and back then, Kristen, this was an interesting world. You know, there was no YouTube. There was no internet, <laughs> you know, that, that was mainstream. So on a Sunday night, the college dorms were packed around a TV. And this was crazy. We as college kids, there was something that drew us to that show because just its depiction of the American family was so funny. And there's something that like that. I don't think we just wanted to laugh. I always loved that show. And Mm -hmm. granted, I was I was, you know, 19 years old. But I just thought this show really nails what so much of the American family is like, and it made fun of all the right things. So, yeah. I mean, it, it was crazy how much it resonated with our generation. You know, but getting back to your initial question that I sort of sidestepped and, and we forgot about. <laughs> you were asking about... We're sort of talking about you, it. You were about to ask about entertainment and how it's uh, uh, showing us a picture of marriage. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, based on everything that everybody's already said, uh, Hollywood has this urge to represent contemporary reality. Mm. Uh, Not only contemporary reality as we might see it, but also contemporary reality as they might want it to be. There's always an idealized thing. Mm. And and, Mm. and I think, so I think in a way, uh, Hollywood is always pushing not only images that they think are contemporary for us in our day and age, but also things that we ought to be considering, that we ought to be thinking. And so that's why that's why I think we've seen a lot of different representations of marriage. But then you then you start saying, okay, well, is is because we look at the, the reality of marriage in our society, and it's on the on the decline. Right. And so our marriage is declining because, uh, and and that's what Hollywood is showing us, or is our marriage is declining because that's what Hollywood is showing us? Right. And and I think that gets to that idea that I mentioned that. Pop culture both reflects a moment. You know, it holds up a Walt Mueller, who's a youth culture expert, says it's a map and a mirror. And I like to say it reflects and reinforces. Mm-hmm. So it, it shows us where we're at, but there are certain values that it is emphasizing, that it is reinforcing those ideas. And we just recently reviewed a new show called Younger. And two of the characters on it, one of them is a guy who wants to get married. And the other is a woman who's like, we're past that. Why would we need to get married? Yeah. Isn't it enough that I love you right now in this moment? And we don't need to worry about lifetime commitment. We don't need to worry about all that patriarchal stuff and all these, you know, laws and rules. We can just be in relationship. And I think that's a great example of a, a right now example that mm-hmm. reflects where our culture is at, 
but it also reinforces that idea. Yeah, to that point, actually, it reminded me, when I went to Argentina, I lived there with um, with a host family, and the woman had been married for 25 years, and her husband just one day decided to leave, and he moved down the street with a younger woman. Oof. And her two older kids lived with her in the house. And it was so interesting to me because there was so much brokenness, um, as is expected. But I remember having a lot of really deep conversations where I would talk to her daughter, who was about my age at the time in my early 20s, and she was saying that she has no desire to get married. But it be, it was becoming this this cultural movement where they didn't want that hurt. They're like, if I, I've i seen this in my mom and my dad, and if I give my whole life to this, and if I commit everything to this, what happens when someone just decides they don't want it anymore? I think it's interesting because, well, first of all, that's very real, but you also like Hollywood is depicting these things and people watch these movies all over the world. And one of the things that I think bothers me the most are these, these movies that um, romanticize adultery mm. and, and affairs. Mm. And it's this like very emotionally charged, like usually sexually charged thing where you're very excited. This old thing is, it's kind of getting old and it's really annoying. And it's too yeah. much work and there's something better on the other side. But what I, what I hate is that they never show like, Okay, let's say you you decide to leave the person that you're married to. What about all the issues that are on the other side? Right, right. The same issues that you're choosing. So they might be different, but you're still choosing to leave something to go to another side where there's just as many issues. And the consequences aren't depicted. Exactly. It's it's such a short-sighted view. I mean, even even the whole idea... That you don't need marriage anymore. Yeah. You don't need that kind of commitment. I mean, the fact is that how many marriages have been saved because of that kind of commitment? Because marriage yeah. is tough. Yeah, it's, it's always going to be tough. Yeah. yeah. And and if you and if you're saying, well, we can sidestep the commitment, then when you get to the tough parts, you can say, okay. See, I'm going down the street to well, live right. with that I mean, it's kid, like you know? a it's like a baked in prenup that you don't even exactly. have to like put in writing because. Everybody knows you can leave whenever you want. It's just short-sighted. Yeah. I feel like Hollywood accidentally stumbles on showing us the consequences every once in a while. In other words, it's not quick to say, no, really, honestly, biblical marriage is the correct way. But it does kind of tend to show, hey, doesn't life stink when this happens? And I'll give you an example. One of one of our favorite films we watch as a family and i don't know why because it makes me cry every time but, but you've already floats. said you you cry at every movie <laughs> yeah, so. I, I, I i weep all the time in films but hope floats uh where oh, santa yeah. bullock at the beginning of the film no real, no spoiler it's the first scene in the film uh her husband like leaves her on the air on like basically this you know this stupid tv show and she goes back to her hometown and is dealing with depression because her husband just left her Mm -hmm. and she's raising her daughter. And there's this scene in Hope Floats that will rip your heart out where the the dad comes and visits and and the daughter's like, can't you be together? You know, won't you be together? And dad's pretty much like, no, I don't got time for you and leaves. And the daughter's screaming, chasing his car down the street. Mm. And the entire theater is bawling, mm-hmm. and Jonathan especially is bawling. Yes. But you know, it is it is one of those things where you just sit there and go, "No, this isn't the way it's supposed to be." The movie doesn't necessarily propose the answer, but it definitely shows a clear depiction of this isn't good for our kids when this happens. Mm. And I like that. I think what that makes me think of is how 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 Jesus is in constant communion and. 
and culturally, we want to be these people that are independent, especially here, mm. um, independent, and I can do this by myself. And it's sometimes, it, and to be honest, it sometimes is easier to do it by yourself. It is a lot harder to work with somebody to to compromise to to do this thing that creates life mm. because it requires you dying to yourself to not be selfish, to not live based on feelings. And it really makes me think of if, if we're looking to Jesus, who's in constant communion, who makes this thing work, who doesn't do it on his own, we have this we have this example of how to make this work. It's messy and it's really hard. Um, but like you were saying, Jonathan, like this isn't Hollywood usually depicts something that is feelings based. And mm-hmm. if, if this is the way you want to go and this is your truth or this is right for you, then you should do that. Um, but that is the complete opposite of what we live for. It's the complete opposite of, of the biblical truth. Yeah. And I think that Hollywood sometimes, because Hollywood likes conflict, right? I mean, you can't tell a story it's drama. without a conflict somewhere yeah. in the center of, of that drama. That's any story. That's any story. Yeah. Um, Hollywood sometimes, like Jonathan was saying, I think accidentally gets it right in that mm-hmm. it, it does show us the consequences. Yeah. Um, I think about a movie that came out in 1979, which I'm not recommending, actually, because there are a couple pretty explicit scenes in it. Um, this is a great case study. It was Kramer versus Kramer, uh, which is a PG movie that actually has some pretty significant sexual content in it. But that is a movie... You know, in the late 70s, divorce and, you know, no fault divorce was, you know, just check out as fast and easily as you want. And this was a movie that was actually trying to look at the consequences of divorce. And it sort of is depicted as a war. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's been a long, long, long time since I've seen it. But um, sometimes I think Hollywood does a great job of taking a snapshot of here are the cultural values in play mm-hmm. and here's the damage hmm. that they're causing. And now I want to pivot just for a moment away from damage in a really different direction. We've talked mostly, uh, I think about drama mm-hmm. uh, and I want to talk a little bit about comedy and I want to talk about it in a, a little bit different way than the focus we have had so far. Um, how do you think comedies especially tend to depict relationships between children and their parents? So I know well, I, this immediately makes me think of like Disney Channel shows. Yes. Um, and my parents, I remember growing up, my mom did not like want me to watch Lizzie McGuire because she was like, you already have enough attitude. But <laughs> on the other end. I'm going to resist the urge to come. Oh, wait. I failed to resist the urge. Did it. Your coworkers are just uh, keeping you know, sitting I know, on I know. their hands right now. On the other hand, it, it depicted, um, it was this comedy where kids kind of, are the they have all the knowledge and parents like don't know what they're doing and that's usually very yeah very comedic it's like oh dad you had no life experience don't say that and i I mean of course like as a young kid i've thought that many times well and you eat it up too yeah right as a kid it's it's sort of like reinforcing your totally kid-centric worldview. Right, exactly. It's very focused on that. So, yeah, that that's what I thought immediately. It, 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 no, no, it, it is. And it was sad because I was, and, I, you know, I don't even know if this was right or not, but I hated the Disney Channel as a parent because I just felt <laughs> like it was so mocking of us as parents and i actually called it the little mermaid uh, syndrome and i like the movie the little mermaid but 
it was kind of that if you think about it you know in the little mermaid dad's all no ariel you can't do this and she's all but i know better so i'll go and ah you know she goes her way and does her thing and of course then what happens it turns out to be you know the best thing to do and he's at the end going i was wrong i should have let you do what you want all along you know and it's just like it's kind of like kids know best go with your gut you know and and the disney channel excelled at that and parents were just idiots always and the kids literally were like roll their eyes what do i do with this dumb parent that doesn't know what's going on and and honestly you could see that kind of attitude. It was very imitatable behavior. And I, I thought it was pretty concerning. So it's funny how sometimes our comedies will make fun of things. Um, and it, it's, I think it's good to poke fun at things like, like Bob's example, Everybody Loves Raymond. What a great job of poking fun at things mm-hmm. and almost leaving you there with a question. But it, you didn't walk away you know, from Everybody Loves Raymond going, I want to be like Raymond. I mean, you didn't, you know, he wasn't like this role model. And sadly, sometimes these, you know, these shows for kids do kind of provide almost in a way some of these role models of, of behaviors that are not good, imitatable behaviors. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree totally. I think it's sometimes you look at contemporary shows and you wonder if they can, if they even know how to write mm. for a strong parent. anymore um that's good they 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 only know how to write for some sort of doofus parent no and that's what i call is the doofus dad (laughs) you know the dad's a a bumbling fool yeah and i think it's interesting we've gone from father knows best and the andy griffith show and and the andy griffith show and you know my three sons to dad if he's there at all is a complete buffoon and idiot and i think the 80s were the fulcrum like, I think maybe we started to get a little bit of it with All in the Family and Archie Bunker. He was the first maybe. And I, I'm, this is not a history of everything that was ever on TV. But, <laughs> but there are these inflection points culturally where Norman Lear, the producer, took all of those tropes from the 50s and 60s. And yeah. it was almost like he said, I'm going to turn these things upside down. And I'm going to give you a picture of a dad that is really different. And then by the time you get into the 80s... Even though we, at at some level, it's more complicated now, we revered the Cosby show, but even Cosby was smiling, smirking, rolling his eyes, doing his Bill Cosby thing, and you knew that Felicia Rashad, his wife on the show, she was the one who wore the pants, right? She was the enforcer. She was sort of that solid center, and then by the time you get to Married with Children and The Simpsons, dad is... You know, he's a punchline. He's not somebody you father doesn't know best anymore. I think that's why I really appreciated instant family, because you have these two parents who their first time being parents is, you know, taking in three siblings from foster care. Yeah, they're both clueless. This is a very difficult thing for them. But Mark Wahlberg does such a good job. I mean, he steps up. He defends. He like, you know, I remember to a fault. To a fault, yeah. But you know what? Like, how good it must feel for someone who's never been defended to be defended so strongly. Yeah. And I really loved that. And they, they both, like, did such a good job of saying, like, this is really hard. And it was comedy. But this is really hard. But I'm going to fight for this thing. Yeah. So I and thought I, both and, roles were great. Oh, I love the movie. I wish they could have cut out. This is the plugged-in disclaimer. It's got a lot of profanity in it. It does, and, yeah. And it's one of those movies that I feel like 
if it weren't for the profanity, I could almost give it a blanket recommendation because the pro-family message here and the yeah. pro-adoption message is as strong as I have ever seen on film. But boy, does Mark Wahlberg like to swear. Well, he's from Boston. Yeah. But uh, right. the thing is, you know, okay, all and, right. and imitatable Sorry, behavior, by the way. Yeah. When, when, whenever I watch a Mark Wahlberg film, I want to hit the weight room. Man, that guy looks good. Anyway, uh, the, the, the uh, Bob, back to what you're saying with writers. I love it when I find a good writer because, you know, back to 1989 Parenthood, uh, you know, that's that's Lowell Gantz and Bubaloo Mundell. And they went on and did, for example, City Slickers. And th- the guys were good writers. And they, you know, from from their worldly perspective, they always touched on interesting issues. And a movie like City Slickers, again, pretty edgy, but about these guys going out and trying to find themselves. And it touches on marriage. And basically at the end of it, you know, the the lead character, Mitch, basically discovers, man, you know, I was out looking for the answers when the answer was right here with my wife. And and those writers tend to really touch on those issues of, hey, you know what? Exploring outside your marriage isn't necessarily always the good thing. It doesn't turn out well, huh? You know, and it just kind of makes you, it asks the questions. It doesn't provide the answers, but it asks the right questions. You know, the funny thing is that I think if some producer decided to actually write a show that was all about how strong the parents were and how wise parents could be, it would be such a shock for the public that it might be a hit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to use that as a segue to give Kristen, if not the last word, maybe the second to last word here. <laughs> I mean, isn't that what This Is Us does? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, d- we have oh, yeah. parents uh, who yes. are not perfect. Yes. They make a lot of mistakes, but... I think This Is Us resonates. Well, Kristen, you love the show and you've seen every episode. I have. Tell us what you like about how This Is Us deals with family. Man, I, what I. Who and, I and only two or three minutes. <laughs> I really love Beth and Randall probably the most. I love their example of how they're setting like really clear boundaries for their kids. And this, this daughter that they've taken in, their adoptive daughter, um, they they're they're so protective of her they're so protective of their kids but they also they're like you know what we're gonna have this conversation we're not gonna like put up with this attitude we're gonna draw some boundaries but we're also gonna have really deep conversations we're gonna make space for you to you know express your emotions and how you feel and so i just really i really love that i think the family aspect all across the board is so strong and it's valued and I think we've reviewed every episode at Plugged In. You're welcome, guys. And, and You're I welcome. Think, uh, Kristen has you, reviewed yeah. every episode. I've cried every time. It's been worth it. So, you know, if you want to learn Great more about show. that, you can obviously come to Plugged In and uh, and go deeper there. And and that's what we want to do at Plugged In is we want to be a catalyst for you to go deeper with regard to what pop culture and technology is throwing at us as families. We're living in a crazy time, right? We have so much stuff coming at us from so many different directions and it's easy to check out. It's easy to just kind of veg out and be numb, but I hope that the plugged in show and that plugged in are a catalyst and a tool for your family to go deeper. And I hope that our conversation today uh, maybe has given you some things to think about with regard to, well, what about your family? What about the shows you watch? How are they potentially influencing your kids or your husband or your wife in the way that you think about 
your story, maybe the way you even think about God. And and I'll take it a step further. Um, I'd love to just toss this question out to you today. If you had to script your family's life together as a show, would it be a comedy or a drama? Or, or a maybe, tragedy. Or a tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's a little grim, but there you go. Um, and what would the main conflicts be? You know, because I think sometimes even stepping back and thinking about our lives from that perspective might give us a new point of view and know that we serve a God who is intimately involved with every detail. And occasionally these shows that we're talking about have a spiritual element, but largely I think God is out of the picture. And so I think that's the other reminder that I want to leave with you today is that God knows exactly where your family's at. He knows what you're dealing with as a mom, as a dad, as a kid. And sometimes the conflicts and dramas we face, man, we can just get sucked into it and not in a good way, not in a like binge six episodes of this is us kind of way, but just, I don't know what to do with this. And focus on the family is a resource for you as well to help you deal with all of the stuff that comes up in that respect. Along those lines today for a gift of any amount, we would love to send you a copy of focus on the family vice president, Dr. Danny Huerta's book, the seven traits of effective parenting. You'll find a link to order that book in the episode notes and in the blog entry for today's show. Or if you like, give us a call at 800-A-FAMILY. Well, as always, thanks so much for spending time with us today. If there's anything that's come up in our conversation that you would like to talk about further, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram or shoot us an email at team at thepluggedinshow.com. What shows have been your favorites? Which ones have made you crazy? Tell us about that on social or via email, and we'll keep talking about that. And of course, we'll be back next week for another conversation on The Plugged In Show. 